Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Red FM. Welcome to another episode of the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Good Times Red FM. Dan Casey in the hot seat with you on this Saturday. Plenty of sporting action to get through today. Shout out to everybody participating in the all-day chess tournament in the Marina Market. Elsewhere on a less of a pair of sporting prowess, Liverpool beat Brentford 4-1 today away from home. Nigel Bidmead was at the GTEC Community Stadium. Brentford 1, Liverpool 4. Liverpool have gone five points clear at the top of the table at least until this evening. Darwin Nunez gave them the lead on 35 with a clever lob. 11 minutes after the break, Alexis McAllister doubled the lead from close range after he was set up by substitute Mo Salah, who then scored Liverpool's third on 68. With 15 minutes to play, Ivan Tony reduced the deficit with his fourth goal in five games since his return. But Liverpool responded with another goal from another substitute, Cody Gakpo, with his 10th of the season. Brentford 1, Liverpool 4. Yeah, Liverpool fans will be delighted to see the return of Salah. Elsewhere, Arsenal, Arsenal smashed Burnley 5-0 in the Premier League this afternoon. Adam Diori has the full-time report from Turf Moor. Burnley nil, Arsenal 5, another dominant away display from the Gunners. Takes them within two points of league leaders Liverpool. Udegaard opened the scoring just four minutes in and Saka helped himself to a brace either side of the break. Championship bound Burnley up at zero resistance as Trossard and Havertz completed the route for the Gunners who maintained their perfect league record in 2024. Full-time at Turf Moor, Burnley nil, Arsenal 5. And Wolves beat Spurs 2-1 in the Premier League this afternoon. A huge upset there. Guy Swindles has the full-time report from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Spurs 1, Wolves 2 and Wolves thoroughly deserved this victory. They were much the better team in the first half but only had Gomez's 42nd minute header to show for the chances that they created. Spurs looks that they're right back in it in the first minute after the break with Kulicheski brilliant solo goal to uh, make it level and after that Spurs had all the ball but no chances. Wolves however went from a Spurs corner up the other end Neto running 70 yards to set up Gomez for his second and after that Wolves had plenty of opportunities but in the last minute of time added on Ben Davis headed wide when he should have equalised Spurs 1, Wolves 2 In domestic football now and Cork City opened their first division campaign under Tim Clancy with a 2-0 win over Kerry FC last night in Turner's Cross our very own Rory O'Hagan caught up with Cork City legend and his co-commentator for the night John O'Flynn about the game all right, John O'Flynn, um, Cork City 2, Kerry Nail, a winning start for Cork City back in the first division. And from a Cork City perspective, not an awful lot to complain about. It was a fantastic performance, two great goals, and most importantly, three points. Yeah, I, you know, coming here, the expectation is obviously going to be a Cork City win. You obviously have to go out and, and you know, duly do the job. I think we've done that. Jack getting off the mark. Even coming here today, the, the crowd filling up before the game. It's fantastic to see, and we had over 5,000 fans here, and they were they were treated to some two special goals, really. Um, some partnerships straight away happening. Wood and Doherty, Cahill coming off the wing. I think he was very, very, very good tonight. Um, you know, he has the talent, but you, you see the work rate there. You see the work rate from Jack as well. Um, clean sheet as well, which which always. Um, it's good for the, the, the two lads at the back I think they were really strong one one was their aerial battles had a chance there at the end to, to nick a goal as well um, but no I think as we were saying there if you had boxes to tick we'd be ticking most boxes tonight 
Let's talk about Jack Doherty. Two goals on your competitive Cork City debut is a great way to endear yourself to the fans, as you mentioned in commentary. Someone else did that in their debut for Cork City as well? <laughs> yeah, great days. <laughs> <laughs> but, a bit sunnier at that time. A bit, a bit sunnier. But um, overall, Doherty's play was just fantastic, goals aside. Yeah, he, you know, goals is one facet to his game, but he comes off, he can hold a ball up, he's tenacious in a tackle, he's a creator. You know, he's, he, he has, he's an all-round player, really, but... You know, first goal really good. Really enjoyed that as a centre forward. Second goal was special. Bit of link up, and you know, I, I think he spotted the keeper and it was just his body and it just how he how he kicked the ball. So clever player, and he's going to really endear himself to the Car City, you know, faithful. He certainly will. Uh, Nathan Wood up front, his strike partner. They look like they've got a good partnership going on already. Yeah, I, th- I think Wood, you know, started off the game really well. Won a few headers, held the ball up. You know, what centre forward should do. He, he likes to take up spaces on the wing but that, you know the space then where he vacated was being filled by other players which is, is what you want you don't want to send a forward coming out and then crossing into nobody in there so I think the interchange we said the, the formation looked fluid and there was interchange you know all great signs really going forward it certainly is um, Carlos Sullivan is 16 years of age and he was close to getting man in a match in my book anyway the performance he put in just belied how young he is yeah, and kept going right to the end. You know, he wanted a goal as well. You could see that. Um, I think he's a lad who's been, you know, been through the ringer with with a serious injury, and he's come through the other side. Great lad as well. Um, and and yeah. as we were saying before, before commentary started, you know, the negative of coming down to the first division is a positive for yeah. some of the academy players and young players. And we've seen there by tonight's uh, team sheet, Tim has trusted those lads and they've gone out and duly you know, done the job for him. Yeah, Tim in pre-season and in all his interviews have been saying, I don't think the Cork City fans know how good these young players are and they've certainly proven that tonight. I mean like Aaron Healy in the middle of the park, I mean like he's got the famous name, he's got the famous dad but like just so solid throughout, like he was on for 60 minutes, just looked completely solid. Yeah, he reminds me a bit of Colin because Colin used to dictate the play whether to, to slow it down or to speed it up and you could see by Aaron's play tonight he was he was doing exactly that um, you know he, he had that kind of quarterback role where he was springing some balls he had some nice balls over to, to the far side um, was really impressed impressed by Nevin as well he was up and down you know if there was if there was green ahead of him he was he was running into that space good speed so no I'm really impressed by those young lads and, and the, the, you know just how the team feels and just, just the spirit in the camp I think we spoke before the game about the pressure I suppose the Cork City are under to get back promoted at the first time of asking to win this division the red hot favourites to win the division but there was a lot of pressure on this game tonight as well if they didn't get a win and didn't do it convincingly that pressure was going to grow on Tim Clancy but like that was the best way they could have responded to I suppose those doubts exactly because the last competitive game they played we obviously know what happened so you know, you're only as good as your last game the expectation is there but you just got to tick game by game off now I've been in that, that position um, with a full time team when I was at Limerick you know the onus is on us to go and win that league and we won out of the canter because we kept ticking games off and I think City just need to obviously you're coming up against a hiding to nothing playing a Kerry team who's coming down just, just to show you know they have some good individual talent but Car City done the job tonight clean sheet two goals for you know one of their main forward players and I think, you know, great performances all around. Yeah. Talk to me uh, about Tim Clancy as well. He put his team out 4-2-3-1 tonight, but it was very, very fluid. I mean, like they looked like City had four forwards for quite a lot of that second half when they went forward. But it is that fluid formation that 4-2-3-1 gives you. I think so, yeah. And, you know, you have Aaron, who was obviously, at, you know, at the bottom of that, that tree. But you have Sean then with the experience. So uh, he was talking throughout the game and, you know, I could see his hand was out and he was dictating play. You have the young lads then who, are, who was feeding off of that. You have Baldur to come in. You have players to come in 
who who are out of the team there who aren't even who aren't even fit yet. So um, massive, massive positives, and you know, long may it continue that that, that, that youth keeps excelling in the team. Um, for Kerry, um, like in fairness, they had some positives as well. Nathan Gleeson, in particular, on the left hand side, we pointed him out a number of times in commentary, but he looks like a solid player. Yeah, definitely. You know, you're, you're Sean McGrath, you see your Kelleher when he comes on, but Gleeson definitely stood out. He was, you know, he kept going all the way through, and he even had that that shot from 40 yards out towards the end of the game. So he's he's a fellow that probably. You know, will score a few goals and, and have some assists through the season. So, well done to him. Yeah, certainly so. And look, no disrespect to Kerry, but Sterner tests ahead for Cork City across the course of the season. Finn Harps next week always a tricky place to go. Yeah, it's just you know the trip involved. But I think Cork City fans like going up to to Bally Buffet. It, obviously, a test, a tough test every time you go up there. But um, City will be going in with a lot of confidence after tonight and to try and build on that. And as I said, tick those games off. The next game is Finn Harps. Can we win that game? And lastly, look, five and a half thousand here at Turners Cross for a first division game. As we said, not many teams in the Premier Division will get that. It just shows you the support for this club. Yeah, it was actually hard to think of. Is it going to be a massive crowd? Is it going to be a small crowd? Like, if it was 1,500, you could have. We, we know why the crowd would have been 1,500, but to see them coming out in their droves and the atmosphere, even pre game there for the new players coming in, the young lads, it's fantastic. Finny, pleasure as always, sir. Thank you. Great insight out of John, a man who has done it all before. Here's City boss Tim Clancy speaking to Rory over last night's win against Kerry. Ah, listen, yeah, it was a it was a really good game. Um, obviously pleased with a, with a lot of lot of the stuff that we did. Uh, keeping a clean sheet was massive. Um, getting two goals as well is is good for Jack. Um, he's got that quality as well. That's why we, we tried to bring him to the club uh, for a long spell of the off season there, and we got him in the end and. Um, he's come up trumps with, with two good goals there tonight. Yeah, he was your first signing. It was a real signal of intent. You could see why you made him your first signing. Just that quality he has is absolutely spectacular. Yeah, he's got the, he's got the quality in the, um, in the top end of the pitch. He scored a lot of goals last year for Cove and has done in this league for a long time with, with, with various clubs. And getting him in, you can see why we got him in. It's two chances, two goals. Um, and he was excellent. And you formed a great partnership with Nathan Wood immediately. Yeah, Nathan. Obviously, Nathan's experience. He's got a good bit of um, football behind him in the in the Welsh Premier Division, and obviously with Newport as well this season. He's League Two uh, appearances, and he's got that quality. You can see that he's going to be a, a real handful for any defenders in this league. You said in your pre-match press conference the Cork City fans don't know how good your young players are, and they proved that tonight. Yeah, listen. Um, we've won the first day of the season. There was a a fair bit of uh, optimism and pressure as well that comes along with that in the front of a, a big crowd here, um, which was brilliant. Um, we had a 15-year-old on the pitch, we had a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old and in Maddie Kiernan left back. We had healers who's only 18 in the middle of the pitch for about an hour and we had a 19-year-old Harry Nevin at right back. So we had five teenagers um, and there's other ones as well at the club who, who weren't playing tonight but uh, it shows the quality of uh, the academy and the, and the players. This is like a conveyor belt and again, them players are only going to get better as the season goes on. Carl O'Sullivan didn't look like a 16-year-old player. He didn't let the occasion get to him whatsoever. No, not at all. Listen, listen, you don't want to tempt fate, but I think the fans should enjoy him for as long as we have him because I think a lot of teams are going to be uh, sniffing around Cahill. Um He's exceptional. Um, he really, really is. He's, he's physically very good. He's intelligent. Um, he's a fantastic footballer. Um, and again, you're looking at Jaden, who comes on as a year younger. 15, he's no way he's No, he's, he's, he's brilliant. He's, uh, he's obviously following uh, Franco's footsteps. He left a few years back and... Um, Again, Jaden was, was was nearly nearly topped it off with a 
incredible bicycle kick near the end or a scissors kick and again that's what we want we want young players given an opportunity within the structures that we have and, and, and the systems that we play and uh, to expression to, to do uh, to freedom as an expression to express themselves sorry um, and you see that with a 15 year old trying a scissors kick that bounces <laughs> just over the bar and just a word on Kerry as well who were well organised to be fair but they didn't really test Brad throughout the 90 minutes no again we couldn't get playing um, it's the one part we spoke about in there we'd like to try and um, manage the game a little bit better um, but again they were very very competitive very fit uh, and they had a system um, that they were well drilled as well you can see that they're well coached so um, I've no doubt that they'll be picking up plenty of points this season I think they'll probably improve from last year and look there's not many Premier Division clubs going to get 5,500 let alone a First Division team I mean like what do you say about this crowd listen I said it at the at the, the outset when I got the um, when I got the job it's a privilege to to manage here it's not it's not a pressure it's a privilege as I say because again you're five and a half thousand here they're singing before the game they're singing during the game after the game and um, it's up to us to, to put the performance on the pitch now to, to make sure they're louder and louder every week Same thank you sir thank you and last but not least man of the match Jack Doherty the man who scored the brace last night caught up with Rory after the match Jack as debut's goal doesn't get much better two goals three points you couldn't have asked much more except for the hat-trick maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah look uh, no look it's, it was good night like overall we're running out together as well as a squad you know there's a lot of new lads there and look it was just the main thing was to get the three points really you know and kick on to next week but yeah. yeah look it's nice to get goals as well you know did you feel a bit of pressure I suppose coming into this game knowing you had to get off to a good start and yeah, it's just pressure between ourselves, really. That's all that matters, really. We put pre- we want to win every game we go into. That's the pressure we put on ourselves, you know. Uh, it's going to be games where it's going to be tough and it'll be sticky games, you know. The pitch being heavy at the end, yeah, it's looks nice to get three points and just kick on, you know. Yeah. What about this crowd as well? Five and a half thousand for a first division game is ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was great. It was class to play and like they're they're brilliant. Like so, I want. Uh, biggest clubs in Ireland like you know they're, they're the best fans they were like it's, they were even playing against them before like it's a great place to come for now that you're on the other side it's even better you know What was that feeling like getting your first goal I mean like the way it was off your shoulders then I'd imagine was it? Yeah it's always nice to get like I put pressure on myself to score in most games you know and it's nice to get that one early and take the weight off your shoulders and just go and just try to get as many as you can you know it's uh, it's nice to get two but I didn't get the third to be honest that's <laughs> more chance yeah. uh, yourself and Nathan Wood seem to have formed an almost an immediate partnership it's fantastic to see yeah Nate is, he's a great player Like he's he's always there to bounce balls off or just, we're just kind of getting used to each other as well you know it's, it'll only get better between us all really you know it's uh, it's nice to see that he'd always look for you when, you, when you're on and I try to look for him then if he's making the run or cattle or Ev, who's on the other side, you know, it's, it's just building them relationships and we'll get better as we, we play with each other longer, you know. Tim Clancy said in his pre-match press conference, he says the Cork City fans don't know how good our young players are and they proved that tonight. I mean, like, you've Jade Newman there, 15 years of age, Carlos Sullivan, 16 years of age and nine of them look like they're teenagers, like. Nah, they've been like that since they came in from pre-season, you know. They're good lads and there's no bad eggs in, the, in there. Like, everyone is just rooting for each other and it's, it's they deserve to play tonight, you know. They've been good all pre-season and they've made it hard for the manager not to pick him you know and they showed tonight like as you said they've been very good when they came on they're not shy to get on the ball and they try things and that's all you can ask for when you when you play go out and express yourself you know there seems to be a great team spirit amongst you already yeah yeah. now nah, the lads in there are brilliant you'd have Greg and all them Just everyone is pulling for each other you know and it's every morning you go in there there's a buzz it's around the place so look hopefully we keep it like that and the fans keep coming out like they did tonight and Hopefully we repay him then by winning games for him, you know. Yeah, congratulations, buddy. Thanks, boss.
Plenty more goals to come from Jack Doherty, I'm very sure. Joe McCarthy gave us his full-time report from Super Value Parky Cueve as the Cork footballers, the Gaelic footballers, that is, lost 17 points to 16 against Cavan in huge trouble at the moment. Jeremy Carty for Cork Shot FM's Big Red Bench reporting to you live from Super Value Park we have the scene of today's Allianz National Football League Division 2 clash which has been won on a scoreline of 17 points to 16 in favour of Cavan after a dramatic ending up 11-8 at half time Cork could not sustain in the second half as they can, uh, repeatedly uh, gave away frees in which Paddy Lynch uh, punished the Cork team Luke Fahey was sent to the line after 46 minutes following a yellow card after his first half black card Mark Cronin reduced the deficit to 15-13 via 45 and then Podrick Faulkner was sent to the line following a black card to add to his yellow making each team down to 14 men heading into the closing stages Stephen Sherlock came off the bench to kick two late frees but at that point Cavan were the ones who had the final say level 15 apiece deep into injury time Oshin Brady and Paddy Lynch made it 17-15 and 8 minutes into injury time Stephen Sherlock's free wasn't enough to prevent Cork from a, another defeat here in Division 2 they're without a win while Cavan have registered their second score Cork deep in relegation trouble but for now it's all about Cork and they've got to do something and fast in their remaining games otherwise they could be facing into Division 3 football in 2025 all the reactions to come in the big red bench but for now I'm Jeremy Carty for Cork Shed FM Worrying times for the Cork footballers there earlier today I was delighted to be joined by Jack Squibb of the Rebel Wheelers here in Cork they are a multi-sports club and are looking to recruit members for their rugby side they do so much great work around the Rebel County and actually nationally, so get involved if you can. The club are coming off the back of their fifth National Cup basketball title in a row. Let the record show they've done it long before the Limerick Hurdlers, if they so get there. This one, well worth a listen. Well, we are delighted to be joined here on the Big Red Bench by the PRO of the Rebel Wheelers Wheelchair Basketball Club here in Cork. Jack Squibb, how are you, sir? Hi, I'm good. How are you, Dan? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. The Rebel Wheelers, I mean, what can you tell us about the uh, club formations? Uh, yeah, so the club is massive. Like, we're more than just a wheelchair basketball club. We're a multi-sport club with wheelchair basketball, which has been so, so successful for almost half a decade now. We've got wheelchair rugby. We hold para-athletic events, and we do boxer as well. So there really is a sport out there for everyone with any kind of physical disability. Yeah, how long has the club been up and running for here in Cork? So it got established around 2007, 2008 by a group of families who were just looking for more uh, for their children to be able to be involved and included in. Uh, As you know, it can be quite hard for children with disabilities to get involved in sports and Mm -hmm. that's how the club came about back then. Yeah, and how did you get involved yourself? Um, myself, it was actually uh, on a lad's holiday okay. and with my own disability. Like, uh, I'm, I've always been mad for playing sports, but there's never been one I could actually play without a risk of hurting myself. And one of the lads, maybe a few pints too deep, was like, have you ever heard of wheelchair rugby? And um, I thought I hallucinated it, to be honest. And then uh, the next day he reminded me again and uh, came back and signed up and I've been hooked ever since. <laughs> Is uh, wheelchair rugby as fairly full on as the uh, normal rugby? Oh, I'd say absolutely. Like, it's uh, it's different kind of wheelchairs that you'd see in wheelchair basketball. They're more protected, and it's full contact with wheelchair to wheelchair. So it's equally as aggressive as able-bodied rugby that you'd see, um, and just as fast and just fun and hard. <laughs> and I suppose for young people coming on and joining the club, how do they, how do they normally go about it? 
So there's many ways they can reach out to get involved. So they can either go to our social medias on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under Rebel Wheelers, or you can send an email to our secretary, Francis, who you can find at secretary at Rebel Wheelers, sorry, secretary.rebelwheelers at iwa.ie. Yeah, and how many um, kids and people do you have involved in the club in, in general? I'd say overall with volunteers as well, around about 150 wow. at the moment. The club is just growing every year. Wow. What's, uh, what do you get out of it? What's, what's, uh, what do you take most pride in? For me, it's it's just being able to play a sport that I love, you know, my own and my own version of a sport that I love, and just there's such a big camaraderie across all the sports. You know, while there are many sports, we're all just one big club, and we all get along so well and encourage each other. Like there was the recent National Cup final up in Tala, where the lads were back and won it five years in a row, and it wasn't just basketball celebrating the whole club celebrated together and that's what it is you know we celebrate as one all our victories and we encourage everyone and it's just a really positive thing to be involved in yeah i was just going to lead into that i mean you beat the southeast swift 64 54 what was that occasion like for yourself uh it was fantastic to watch the lads like i've been there the last two previous years to cheer them on when they won the final and seeing them do it again this year there were, there were concerns maybe to an extent you know are they comfortable with success and could the standards drop but in fairness to them their mentality is so strong and it was just so great to watch them manage that game and then create history uh, the atmosphere in the arena that night was fantastic what can you tell us about Anthony Coy 28 points yeah, so Anthony Coy from Swiss, really, he really did put it to us and he made it a harder game than maybe what was expected. And then Adam Drummond just had the game of his life and when I spoke to him after the game, he said he's typically not one for getting the baskets. He'd be more, you know, help, helping the others make those shots. Yeah. And he just played out of his skin on the night and he fully deserved that MVP award he picked up at the end. Yeah, I mean, congratulations to uh, Adam. I mean, what was his own story with the club there? Uh, can you tell us, do you know? Um, so from as far as I'm aware, he had his accident and then eventually he found his way to Rebel Wheelers. I'm not too sure who put him in touch with the club, but when he did get involved, he just jumped right into the spirit of the club and it wasn't long before he joined Rebel Wheelers 2, our second basketball team, because there's just so many players. We do have two teams in the wow. league and he started out there and he was immediately one of the leaders within the team and giving them pointers from you know, his amazing knowledge of the game from his own experience beforehand and now he's led the team as an MVP, one of the many leaders on the team um, into success and they've just carried on, he's raised the standards along with the rest of the lads that were just as hard I mean something that really sticks out for me here is um, I mean, anybody of any gender can play on the, on the court at the same level, that's absolutely fantastic that's it. It's a mixed gender sport, and so is wheelchair rugby and uh, para athletics. And at the early level for juniors, you know, it's it's not about separation. It is fully inclusive for anyone with a physical disability to come and get involved and find the sport that suits them. Whether they fall in love with basketball or it's the rugby or the athletics, everyone's welcome to come and try it. And no one's separated. No one's singled out. Yeah, and I suppose if someone, God forbid, does have an accident or something, <laughs> it's such a great uh, community and a chance to uh, be part of something. 
It really is, and it shows that in the club too. They're, and in, like as I mentioned, we're up in Dublin at the moment for the second round of the Irish Wheelchair Rugby League, and there's teams from Ulster and there's a team from Leash here today alongside us with Rebel Wheelers, and the majority of those players have unfortunately acquired a disability through injury or accident, and just that support system that's around is outstanding, and it really helps you spare people on, whether it's just for the mental health side of things or they actually want to compete and represent Ireland at the next level. Uh, everyone's there to support each other no matter their background and how they got here yeah what's the community like nationally it's great you know like at the moment it's the lunch break for during the league so the teams haven't separated at all they're all sitting in the hall having their lunch <laughs> and just chatting away and catching up like old friends you no, know no, no big rivalries no, I mean, on the court there is now, and it would be tense all the games as well. You know, you forget about friendships for those 40 minutes on the court, but uh, as soon as the final buzzer goes, you know, it's about to be in buddies and, and you leave it on the court. Jack, thank you so much for talking to us here on uh, the Big Red Bench. No problem, more than happy to talk anytime, Dan. Thanks for having me again. Congratulations on the five in a row. Br- brilliant. Thank you. No, that's brilliant. Thanks. It's just um, with the success that basketball gets how we're trying to play it now is rugby could really do it more players to be honest like we are struggling for players to come into the sport so we're trying to piggyback off their success and make people aware it's more than just basketball you know unreal Jack thanks so much man really appreciate it no problem at all thanks for the call Dan cheers cheers Brilliant stuff out of Jack. Be sure to check out the Rebel Wheelers, the multi-sport club here in Cork and join that rugby team. Fantastic work that they do. That concludes the first half of the Big Red Bench on Cork's Good Times Red FM. Join me, Dan Casey, after the break where we will be hearing from Fitzgibbon Cup winning coach Corkman Jamie Wall as he led Mary I to victory to claim the title against UL. We'll be right back after these. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Red FM. Every- Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Good Times Red FM. And good news for Liverpool fans. Chelsea lead Manchester City at halftime in the Premier League this evening. Will City come back into it? Darren Stanage has the latest from the Etihad. City nil, Chelsea won, and an end-to-end first half is Chelsea on top. They strike first through former City man Sterling. Good counter from Chelsea. Jackson squaring for Raheem Sterling. He beat Kyle Walker before slotting home on 41 minutes. Chelsea certainly have had the better of the chances. Sterling and Jackson both missed one-on-ones. On the other end, Haaland went closest for City, heading over. Alvarez missed a big chance in first half stoppage time as well. The hosts finished stronger, but they trail at the break. It's Man City nil, Chelsea won. Big news in the Premier League there. If it stays like that, Cork's Jamie Wall coached Mary I to another Fitzgibbon Cup title earlier today, beating UL on a scoreline of 214 to 115. Here he is speaking to off the balls Tommy Rooney after the game. Jamie Wall, special moments after this. You're a man in demand. What a win. Yeah, Jesus, yeah. I haven't had a chance to think straight, really, Tommy. Um, it's unreal, Jesus. It's so nice to have your hands back in this thing after after seven seven years, yeah. Um, she's like we've given it some rattles in different years and the last two years have been disappointing. We haven't won a game. 
but like we had a lot of these guys have been through that and we knew we were kind of building something and um, just to be here to win it it's just incredible and to do it against such a strong outfit such a strong opposition you know like we weren't given a whole pile of a chance during the week and um, you know we said to the boys we said it to them in the hotel we said it to them in the dressing room we said you know this might be a surprise to everyone in the country uh, but it was not going to be a surprise to us you know we were 5-2 to two the first day out against UCC we won that game by 8 points we were 3-1 to one today we won that game you know probably probably left a few scores behind us too like we are just we know what qualities in that room do you know what I mean and, and more than that what just fucking spirit and belief and drive to have Jesus like I, they're just they're a team you could be so proud of like Jesus to say like I don't know I don't know like they, they say that teams mirror their kind of management and that like but I don't think I've ever done anything what, like what them fellas have shown there they're just fucking animals like they're just they're unbelievable like those two boys midfield what they go through what they what work they do do you know like Conor Hennessy probably shouldn't have been playing today and the shift he put in for 45 minutes like he's just an animal like and, and Quinner like like Jesus I look I could go on all day because I'll start on about fellas and I'll be I'll bore you Tommy but like just you'll be so proud to call them your players it's just amazing like and I know myself I speak for the management there at I, I hate the word I you know when you hear managers talking and saying I it's just it's a red flag for me like like we are so proud of them you know like myself Mark uh, Mark Jennery who's he's not here today because he's with Nina CBS and Hodge obviously my cousin and Scotty our, our, man, our man there on the side like like we're just so we're just so proud of them like and just to say that they're the players that go out and represent us on the field like Jesus like what more could you ask Talk to me about the seven years between winning the last one Mary I's second and winning the third today because three is obviously an important number today UL were chasing three in a row Mary I were chasing their third ever one of the things that really stands out and it's probably one of the special ingredients with a Fitzgibbon or a college's team is the family kind of spirit and the environment and the energy how do you build that how does that foster uh, you don't build it it happens it happens or it doesn't you know like them fellas have it or they don't um, look like that's seven years like I suppose we're talking here like about oh it's seven years since he won it and five years since the final like as if it's some sort of famine but like like for Mary I like yeah, it's incredible to be winning them every seven years Jesus if we said that if we said that 10, 20 years ago that, that Mary I'd win if it's given every six or seven years we'd uh, you'd have been committed like so I just think um, like we've been in a final since we lost to a great UCC team we lost the semi-final way to, to say a Savage Carlo team um, you know like then we've, we've had some near misses but like when I I'm saying I again there like well, when 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 we came into this job you know I spoke to Kira and Joe in the sports office and my pitch wasn't that we were going to win the Fitzgibbon every year it was that we were going to be competitive all the time we were going to establish Mary I as a place where you didn't have to choose between doing teaching and having a hurling career you know that it was just there for you and we'd build that and you know like for us to now be constantly dining at the top table of hurling with the numbers we have is just a testament to the young fellas coming into the place and the attitude they have and, and they buy in you know like I spoke to Phil McDonough today who's lost two Fitzgibbon finals with NUIG and yeah, he spoke about Oh, the spirit in here he's only in the door a wet week and how he's welcome he's been made feel and you know the group that's there it's just it's something that just it makes you so proud of, of them and to be involved with it and like look like I, I, there's so many things I want to say that are probably I'm probably going to they're like all the comebacks you think of when you're in the shower after you say I should have said that to the fucker but um, like I'll think of loads of them later I'll probably send you a voice note or something but like no, I'll, I'll play it out if you do but Jamie like the, the, the madness of that game right there, the, you had an unbelievable start 
and sometimes that can be a dangerous thing and then you go in a half time and UL have come back into it that goal yeah. four points up but they had the momentum and there was a period in that match where you, you felt like you couldn't get your hands on the ball or make it stick well what kind of dug it out there was it Podge Collins getting that yellow card <laughs> yeah Podge was, it was uh, Podge has been known to agitate a few referees in his time um, nah look, look just I think what dug it out was Shane O'Brien probably um, came out to the, came out to the half forward line won a few balls like he um, he's able to do that like you know I spoke to his uncle Paddy weeks and weeks ago and Paddy says to me you know, not to be afraid to do that every now and then with him. Do you know that he sometimes maybe if he's going stale inside that that that's an option with him, and he's so good at it. Like it's something we used to do with with Aaron years and years ago back in back in 2017. You know, um, where he'd kind of sometimes he'd be inside. He's such a threat inside, like you know. But then he can come out, win a ball, and and Shane did that for us. Like and you know, you kind of forget that he's still under 20 this year. Like you know, they're calling him the bull. Like that's um, what was his feel today. Yeah, absolutely. The the journey up the road today, you, you pass by a familiar. Yeah, I did. It was it was kind of emotional on the way up. Even like you know, you spoke about that family connection, but you know, we obviously have it. Myself and Podge, um, we're first cousins. We're best friends a long, long time, um, and we kind of grew up together playing football and hurling against each other, with each other. But one of the battlegrounds was our grandparents' farm in Cullen, and I didn't realise it because I went home last night. We met last night in Limerick, and I just said, you know what, I stay in my own bed, and I went home. And I typed into the Saturn this morning for, for the Devon Inn there in Temple Glanton and the route took me by Churchill in, in Mal, on, on the Mallow Road in Cullen and I kind of did a double take. I said, Jesus, that's gone past Nana's house. And sure, it was. And so we went past uh, Nana's house and... Um, our uncle's house as well that has still has the pitch and on, on, it's literally on the main Mallow Clarny Road and like we had so many days where we kicked lumps out of each other in that field and just to drive past it this morning was a kind of reminder of what this is all about and what it's been about for us and it's just um, it's it's kind of you know like I said I said it in TG Carr said that this is for for our grandparents um, you know our nana and granda granda who's no longer with us but you know that this kind of they'd be so proud of the connection that that their that their 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 descendants still have and so happy with that and it's a market them and I suppose it's just um yeah it's just it's just it just adds to the emotion of the whole thing it's marvelous Jamie it's it's magic that cup in your hands give us a look at it there you'll uh, you'll mind that man unbelievable special thanks Sammy yeah it is 100% so ah, great stuff there Cork manager John Cleary caught up with their very own Joe McCarthy after they were defeated by Cavan on a scoreline of 17 points to 16 in Super Value Park equipes today uh, I suppose uh, naturally enough we're, we're disappointed very disappointed um, you know first half uh, they opened brightly but look we left definitely two guilty goal chances behind us didn't take them and um you know, they came up the field in and, and uh, you know, got three points in a row. But we, we reacted well before halftime, got four in a row, went in, you know, um, three up at halftime. Um, they started better. We just couldn't seem to get the grips with the game. Again, we had a goal chance that we didn't take. And then we were down to 14. I thought we fought, fought very hard. And it came down to nipping tucked in, the, you know, a ball one way or the other. We were coming out there that we turned over to look the harsh decision and they got a point down the other side to make it two. We came back to make it one. So uh looked very disappointed with the result. It was I thought we played very well at times, butchered our goal chances and you know, we we left to pay the price then by losing by a point. Where did it go wrong in the second half, John, do you think? 
Well, I, I, I suppose it was the start of the second half. Um, they got the breaks around the middle. We we just couldn't get get our hands on the ball a lot of the times. Uh, they broke it into the middle and they, they picked up the breaks. And um, there was 15, 20 minutes after half time. And, uh, you know, it wasn't. We had our periods in in the second half as well. And again, we missed two or three guilt had chances for points and didn't take them. And, you know, it came down to a one point game in the end. I suppose looking at, look at it overall, we might have deserved the draw, but we didn't get it. And um, look, we're, we're ruining it, go home. No, because we didn't we didn't take our chances. I know they missed a few chances as well in the second half, but they didn't have the guilt they'll probably goal chances that we had like. Was there a free John that you were maybe upset with? I think seventy five, seventy six minutes, I think he thought you'd a turnover just there from the south stand, um, and then gave a free and obviously they went from there and got the, the lead point on Yeah, it looked you know, I was fairly close to that now and it looked very harsh, you know what I mean? We were going away, I couldn't you know. Um, and you know it, it looked very harsh to me and that, that, that was probably look at that stage instead of going forward we were going backwards uh, you know they got a score to, to, to lead after that and um, but look I suppose you know that's the way it goes you you, you get some decisions for you and against you a few went against us today but look I thought that one was particularly significant and um, you know especially at that stage of the game yeah Patrick now I didn't start with an injury John yeah he pulled up during the week with a um, quad injury yeah mm. what John do you think is best case scenario now for you in the league I'm not sure if you're smart to say that if you're yeah. fighting your stages now or, or yeah look look again I, I suppose you know it, 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 it settles down probably with three games now it settles down maybe after four games uh, you know the big thing we need now at this stage is to get is to get a win on, on the board you know um, definitely, I suppose. You know, if if we did get a win, we 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 can see where we go from there. You know what I mean? Um, and we're not looking that far ahead, really. It was got no chance to to kind of think about that now. You know, uh, we'd be looking at that maybe during the week. But all we can do is look. We have two games the next two weeks, and uh, we've got to prepare to go to Fermanagh. You know, heads are a small bit down there after that. Um, you know, again, a game like last week that we had the winning of and did, didn't win it, and there's small margins. We could be easier here, sitting here with four points, but we're not, and that's the difference. Um, you know, those the tight games. But look, credit to Kevin. You know, they we knew coming here today that they were a good side. Um, they they beat Kildare away four or five points and, and you know they ran Donegal to a point the last day and another day could have drawn it or could have won it so they were they, they, they were a good side but I suppose from our own point of view it was disappointing the, our execution wasn't up to the mark today and that's what cost us the win in the end John when they, when they forced you long in kickouts for a period in the first half and then in the third quarter you kind of struggled to get possession they kind of got a good, a good kind of momentum in those periods yeah they, yeah did they, they, they won a lot of those breaks and, and particularly after half time um, and it took us a while to get, you know, to get any hands on the ball, and we were struggling at that stage. Just, you know, they won maybe three or four kickouts in a row, and uh, they had a lot of big men around the centre. But it wasn't the actual fielding; it was the breaks. And you know, there was a couple of them. I thought we were a bit unlucky. It looked like it was going to break into our hands and broke into theirs. And and uh, but in fairness, they they judged the breaks well, and they died in them. And and you know, as I said, we couldn't get our hands on the ball there for 
10, 12 minutes, you know, particularly after half time. And then the, the small bit of a cushion we had at half time, three points, you know, that was gone with five or six minutes. And then we had the sending off, um, which gave us another hill to climb. And uh, look, we battled and, you know, particularly down to 14 men. And it just came ultimately up short in the end. It's a pressure situation, though. Pardon? It's a pressure situation, though, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Like, um, uh, you know, we'd love to have a win or two under our belt. We don't. That's the reality of the situation. And all we can do now is is, is evaluate it, go back to the, the training field during the week and see can we, you know, can we improve for the next day? Can we get a win under our belt? Can we get it over the line? Keep doing the things that we did well today, which, you know, I think we scored 15, 16 points. And um, you know, on another day, that 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 could win the game. And and you know, if we got any of our goal chances, just probably, and particularly in the first half, maybe put us five or six points ahead. That would have probably um, got us over the line. So we've no choice now, just to go back and and fight. We're in the situation we're in, and um, disappointing as it is, um, we'll just have to go again next week. We get no time to to to, to think long and hard about it uh, next. Saturday we're on the bus up to Fermanagh and see can we get a result there. Is it a good thing that it's week by week now or would you rather have a bit more time to think about it? Well, I suppose, look, we'd, we'd like a bit more time to, in an ideal world to, to, to prepare and get over this but it's, it's, it is what it is. You know, it's next week. Got to go. Sean, Sean Coach, oh, sorry, Sean Coach came on there uh, in the second half. Is he okay after, after this? Uh, yeah, I... I I, I think he is anyway. I wouldn't really get a chance to assess there now. We'll, we, we'll see later on there, there for, for the, the medical side of it, yeah. Tough times for the Cork footballers. Jar also caught up with cabin manager Raymond Galligan. Um, congratulations, first of all. Uh, that, I think, on the, on the balance of play, do you feel you deserve that win today? Because outscored them seven points to one start for the second half. But you were going, you were seemed to be playing for the clock a little bit too much there towards the end. Was that just, uh, I mean, were you getting nervous at that stage, even though you kicked on in the end? Uh, yeah, look, it ebbed and flowed the whole way through the game. The reality is, Cork uh, probably disappointed to go in at half time, only three points up. They did miss a few opportunities, uh, goal chances, but I suppose on, we were probably disappointed that we let them back into the game. I thought we had some good momentum coming into half time when it got back to it all. So, all in all, it probably three points was a pretty fair reflection, you know, when we had. We started to move well just before half time, but yet, you know, the scoreboard didn't didn't show it. So uh, no, I was definitely very happy again. Second half we kicked on and like that we went ahead. Um but yeah, look at we definitely hung on there in the end. Just very happy to get out of here with two points. Yeah, you're just up from Division Three. Let's yourselves and for have just come up this year, but you are acquitting yourselves more than well. This is a huge result for you, but in terms of irrespective of the opposition, just the momentum you're gonna gain from your early season form, you must be delighted. Yeah, no, look, it absolutely, like, um, I suppose that's uh, playing these top teams now, like, you know, Cork, Donegal and Kiltair now over the last number of weeks, and it's been it's been really uh, stiff tests, um, but definitely the lads have really applied themselves really well, and look, we're just taking it game by game, obviously, uh, survival is, is number one focus for us in the short term, um, but now hopefully, like, we can maybe build a little bit of momentum um, and, and, and see what, what the next couple of weeks bring us. Does this put you in position, I suppose, to kind of target 
cementing that place in Sam Maguire and kind of looking upwards in the table now? Yeah, look, I suppose definitely, I, I, I personally feel it's going to take minimum seven points, maybe eight to get that. So look, we're, we're halfway there. We still have four more games and there's definitely a lot of really tough fixtures. So look, it's we, we, we felt we probably before the league uh, to get four or six points, uh, we definitely probably would have took it. So... Um, where we are at this moment in time we're, we're definitely happy and as I say going down to Parky Cueve was, was always going to be a very tough battle and mm. like it was today What did you say at half time to kind of switch it up what did you change did you make there I suppose we kind of went a little bit more attacking the second half um, we just kind of felt we probably weren't getting enough energy and enough bodies into the attack mm. uh, and we were probably giving away a lot of cheap possession we kind of definitely forced the pass uh, so it was definitely just really tidy up in our skill set uh, and then I thought Kia Madden coming in at half time really brought an injection of, of pace and penetrating passes so uh, I think that worked well alongside with Ocean Brady but look it was a complete team performance I think everybody done a huge shift there uh, throughout the, the 70 plus minutes so I definitely couldn't uh, I couldn't really just single out any one man mm. And I mean, nine points from Paddy Smith. I think Jarris was Jarris Smith. He was all, all over as well. So there was plenty who were yeah. thick of it. Yeah, look, this this uh, pitch is is uh, it's a forward's dream, and you know, mm. lads like Paddy Lynch that has such you know a high skill set. Um, we we were confident that he was going to really perform today, and and you know, he just he showcased the talent that he is. You know, and and along with with Jerry and many many others, but definitely uh, it, was, it was a great performance from them two guys. Thanks to John McCarthy for getting us those audios. One for the Liverpool fans now. As I caught up with Liverpool fan Jonathan Morley, a giant on social media, especially TikTok, as we talk about Liverpool's hopes for the season ahead, the legacy of Jurgen Klopp, as well as Cork's Kevin Keller. Enjoy. We are delighted to be joined here on the Big Red Bench by Jonathan Morley, a man with over 500,000 followers on TikTok, an absolutely huge figure from talking about his beloved Liverpool. John, how are you today? Dan, what's up, my friend? I hope you're well. Um, all good, all good. Uh, certainly a lot better after that great performance this morning. Yeah, I mean, Mo Salah, how great was it uh, for him to come back and he, him getting a goal in assist history? Uh, he's he's just he's just such an inevitable player. I mean, <clears throat> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter how he's playing. He could put in. Uh, you know, he could put in a, a performance where he barely touches the ball over 90 minutes or something like that but he'll end up with a goal he'll end up with an assist you know it's just what he contributes to the team he came on today um, at a period where um, we were obviously a bit deflated with the two injuries uh, in the first half and 1-0 up at half time that was obviously good but you know we needed to put that game to bed and Salah was just excellent when he came on the second half at the heartbeat of everything we did well got a goal got an assist I mean he's he's just priceless somebody said after the game like how are we going to replace him and I, I genuinely think we can't that's how good he is do you know what I mean yeah but when he was away with the Africa Cup of Nations um, Liverpool actually didn't seem to be doing too badly without him I think it just speaks to, I think it just speaks to to Klopp, <clears throat> like really, and to be honest, Dan, like the squad that he has built, but almost uh, just kind of to further on from that point, um, just getting the absolute best out of players. I mean, Joe Gomez was like completely irrelevant in the squad after his injury a couple of years ago, especially last year. I mean, uh, people were talking about him. You know, where is he going to go next? Look at Conor Bradley this year, uh, and obviously he's just really 
kind of first came into the team. And he's been excellent. Joe Gomez, as I mentioned there, has been absolutely excellent. It's just these players, even like Curtis Jones, is having his best season um, as a Liverpool player uh, by an absolute mile. It's just that, you know, Klopp just seems to be able to, it doesn't matter like uh, what kind of ability or what level of ability a certain player has. He just gets 100% out of them. And I think, you know, he realised, or the players realised they had to step up um, you know, when the likes of Salah and that were were gone and injured, uh, and you know they did. I think it just speaks to Klopp really, mostly, and the squad that he's kind of built as well. Yeah, Liverpool fans have kind of had the "Where were you win?" moment over the last few weeks with Klopp's uh, departure. What was your story when you found out? Ah, uh, oh my God! And I swear, I was in, <laughs> I was in bed and I seen it, and I just felt like, oh, I, it was about ten o'clock in the morning or something like that. And I just felt, I genuinely just felt as if it was, I, I felt as if I was still dreaming, really, to be honest. I, I, I didn't think that it was true. Um, it took me seeing it on Twitter about 50 times to actually say to myself, oh, this is actually true. This is actually fact. I couldn't believe it. I was really, like, I I, I, I can imagine any Liverpool fan Um quite upset with it <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be any easier there, there's almost an air around it that it's like somebody's died yeah genuinely genuinely Dan like, like honestly um, that's what it felt like really for the week and it doesn't help as well you know obviously with the, the social media and the TikTok and everything looking at videos and uh um, uh, you know, tweets or posts and this and that. Then for the next week, which is just all the kind of clapped best moments and you know uh, uh, highlights and everything like that. It just makes it even more emotional the fact that this era is going to end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, like it's it's going to be tough at the end of the season to 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 actually think that you know we're not going to see this guy on the touchline. Uh, ever again yeah, I know. Anfield you know yeah you went over to Anfield a few weeks back was that uh, your farewell to him uh, to be honest like I hope it's not because I hope to go again before the end of the season Dan especially if we're at the Europa League final I'll you know I'll do anything uh, to, to to get those tickets but um, it could be it could be absolutely and it'll obviously be an awful lot tougher to get them um, from here to the end of the season but if it was it was absolutely fantastic performance was great the night was great Klopp was as always great so yeah no I was I was I couldn't have been happier I couldn't have been happier first time there in a few years as well Are you confident you will uh, or Liverpool will be in that Europa League final? I am, I am, Dan. To be honest, I think the only team in the competition who I would say could, and look, this could come back to backfire me, of course, like anything. But um, I'd say Bayer Leverkusen is our really only challenge in the um, competition, and I would say we're better than them. And I would say as well that um, the further it goes uh, to the end of the season, Bayer Leverkusen will probably be focusing more and more on the league. And I know, like. You'd say Liverpool would be doing the same, but um, I think if you look at the two squads, Liverpool would have a lot more to offer. Yeah, what's been your favourite Klopp uh, memory down through the years? It's so tough to pick one. Um, to be honest, like I mean, the, the obvious one that comes to mind is um, is uh, Liverpool and Everton. Uh, Origi got the got the nice yes. kind of fluky goal in the last minute. And he ran onto the pitch. I mean, in terms of just Klopp moments, just completely you know based on Klopp not not anything uh, kind of with the the team or whatever just you know all eyes on Klopp so to speak I suppose that would 
that one would come to mind. But then you have, I mean, probably my best moment as Liverpool fan ever, which was 2019 Champions League. And then you have the Premier League. And uh, you know, I remember Klopp in the interview after the Champions League final and let's talk about six, baby, and stuff like that. You know, it yeah. was just, 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 just great. Like, I mean, there's just countless moments. But I suppose the, the one that would really come to mind, just turn as a Klopp himself, would be the Everton one. At what point did you realise he was going to be such a special manager for the club? Um, to be honest, it's funny because like before he 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 came to the club when he was actually being linked to the club, I I genuinely thought it was going to be a perfect marriage uh, between this guy's uh, passion and the way he actually manages, uh, you know, his connection with the club and the supporters, and especially like what I seen at Dortmund. I thought it would be. Uh, I thought he he was made uh, to be Liverpool manager. Honestly, did I think he'd be like as successful as he has been or whatever? I mean, like I can't say that because you know I, I I genuinely don't know. I did think he would have success at Liverpool. I I can't say I thought he would have been as successful as he has been. But um, I suppose um, I I, I suppose kind of after a year or so when when you've seen kind of especially certain players who would have been there before Klopp um, not kind of play well and Klopp would just bring the best out of them uh, you know moments moments like last minute winners and even in the first season that he was there like Europa League final and stuff like that it, 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 it was quickly enough really with Klopp that you could see that this guy is going to be successful one way or another. Um, yeah, it definitely didn't take long because he, he turned things around quite quickly. Even in the first few months, you could see changes. Keep in mind now, you will be on uh, Cork Radio when you say this, but how did uh, our very own Kevin Kelleher get on today? He uh, Keller was very good. And, you know, like the thing is, <clears throat> I feel bad for Kelleher because Keller is playing uh, second fiddle to the best goalkeeper in in the world and it's as simple as that you know what I mean and Kelleher will get scrutinised um, like myself included and everybody else uh, uh, scrutinised to the to the same level as Alison Becker yeah. and that's not fair but ultimately it's the standard that we have became used to because um, Alison is just ridiculously good but no Keller was very good today I rate Keller I think Keller is a good goalkeeper the only thing he kind of has to cut out, um, and uh, the only thing, like as an onlooker, I would say, uh, is um, just just the errors, the odd error. Like he he he's somebody who who can have a great game, or whatever, and it's just like he can be error prone at certain at, at certain times. But um, he's a good all round goalkeeper. He's not bad with his feet. He's a good shot stopper. I've always rated him. I think he's a good backup goalkeeper. Um, there's there's just moments here or there that people judge him off, but that's not fair. Um, I, I hope now he can really prove himself. He has proved himself in the past for me. Uh, he does get harshly judged, but the game is the game, isn't it? Yeah, it's tough to get that match sharpness in, I suppose, when you're on the sidelines for so long and then expected to come back. That's it, Dan. Absolutely. Like, I mean, that's <clears throat> like so many people would say to me, oh, that they don't rate Keller at all and he's he's useless and this and that. And I'd say exactly what you said there, Dan, which is like, like the guy, you know, whenever he comes into a match, whenever he actually starts a match, he's coming into a completely cold, um, you know, he's no no match fitness, genuinely none. Not like he's even playing reserve matches or yeah. something like that. Um, and as well, he's always coming into it with a weakened team. 
So you have a back four in front of you. Not only is it weakened, but a back four that isn't used to playing with each other mostly as well. So that doesn't suit him well. So he's probably facing a lot more shots. He is facing a lot more shots. So there's a lot more pressure on the goalkeeper. So, you know, you, you put all of those things together. It's not easy. And as I said before, being judged uh, in around the same class, Alison Becker, which is standard, um, you know, it's not easy. I think he, I think he's done a good job. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he has. What do you think he should do for his own career? Do you think he should wait around and... I mean, he's, he'd be waiting a long time before Alison leaves. Yeah. Um, do you think, or do you think he should go on loan or just move elsewhere? Um, I think he's good enough to play for... I think he's definitely good enough to play in the Premier League um, for, you know, a start for another team in, in the Premier League. Um, I Like, I'm happy. I, I'm happy with... Uh, Keller as Liverpool's number two absolutely so I'd like to see him stay um, and I think he actually seems happy himself I think maybe like potentially he would have been gone at this stage if he wasn't yeah. uh, I think he you know like a lot of the players he loves Klopp as well and gets on with him very well Klopp's always spoke very well of him um, but to be honest I would say to keep keep doing what he's doing um, I think like, the thing is, if you look at, say, somebody like Gavin Bazoon or whatever, I know he never really got in at Sissy, but he went Southampton, and then they got, then they went down to the, the, the championship, and granted, they might be back next season or whatever, but you can kind of get on a bit of a slippery slope. Do you know what I mean? It can it can really go downhill quite quickly. I think Keller is happy enough with what he's doing. I'm, I'd be happy, certainly, to see him stay, and I think for the best of his career, to be honest, he's better off. He's playing for... a very big club he's playing in much bigger games than he'd be playing with any other team so but yeah like it depends obviously what he's happy with does he want to play week in week out but yeah I, like I think what he's doing is, is 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 good I think any goalkeeper would take it yeah and there must be a kind of balancing act I'm not saying he hopes Alisson gets injured I mean he's injured now he's mm. getting his game time but I mean, it was back in Cork, Ireland a few years ago. That's how Anthony Nash got his start. Don Logue was injured, so it certainly can happen, yeah. and he certainly can uh, get his opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, like, that's it. Like, And sometimes, to be honest, Dan, you have to see somebody else get injured, unfortunately, for the replacement to come in and see how good they are, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Where do you think Liverpool are going to finish in the Premier League table this season? The big the million-dollar uh, question. <laughs> My... My heart obviously says we'll win the league, but my head says uh, second. My head says second. Um, no, it's just City are just a machine. Manchester City are just an absolute machine. Um, I I don't like them whatsoever. I think I speak for the vast majority of football fans like that. Um, this, if they win it, will be what four in a row, isn't it? Isn't it four in a row? I'm pretty sure. Um, but um, it's. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just so hard to look past them. Um, they're obviously already stares at this kind of winning streak of, I think it's about, in all competitions now, about 10 or 11 matches. Um, and they've gotten to the stage already at this turn of the year kind of form, which it's tough to see uh, them De Bruyne, dropping De Bruyne back. De Bruyne back, absolutely. Like, they're just inevitable in, 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 in the way that they can just kind of flick a switch and then all of a sudden it's on again um, you know it's the same every season I think ultimately what we might look back at at the end of the season is is Liverpool might look back at kind of draws um, at like the likes of the United game like the Arsenal game at home games like that in which we should have 
taken full points from and and we didn't. I mean, even just to mention those two games there, that's four points. Do you know what I mean? Even yeah. like looting away earlier on the season, you can't be drawn a game like that. It, like it's the margins are so, you know, like it's it's such a high standard. Do you know what I mean? Like, but I'd have to say, sissy. But ultimately, um, I do think it'll be close. I think we'll push them all the way. Jonathan. Hopefully uh, you get to see Clap before the season's end, but uh, hopefully I get to talk to you again before it also ends. Appreciate it for coming on. Thanks, Dan. Hopefully up the Reds. And good news for the Reds as Chelsea are still leading Man City 1-0 away from home at the moment. Raheem Sterling with the goal there. Thanks a million to all our fantastic contributors here on the Big Red Bench on Cork's Good Times Red FM. Dan Casey signing off. Stevie G is on the way next with his Block Rock and Beats. Talk next week. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Red FM.